This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is Tom, producer of The Wire Stripped. Just giving you a heads up that this episode contains some serious spoilers. It's a bonus episode and it contains spoilers for season one and beyond. It's a great episode though, so please do have a listen. Uh, If you haven't seen all the episodes, then obviously skip along and join us for our regular episode, which comes out same time as usual this week. All right, enjoy. It was funny because Ed Burns said like some of his... uh like some of the inclinations to go up against the higher police chain off of McNulty was definitely him, but he was like uh, a lot of the home stuff. That was more David Simon. <laughs> Welcome everyone to this bonus episode of The Wire Stripped. I'm Kobe. And I'm Dave. And in this episode, we're going to be doing something quite different. We may have seen us in The Guardian. Uh, we were called the British superfans of The Wire. Is that right, Dave? Yes, despite the fact that uh, I'm not British. I just, I just want to put that to, to rest. Uh, so what are you? We, as, I don't, what am I? I don't know. Um, I'm very much Irish. I do live in Britain, but I am, I'm not British. So this is my mild correction for The Guardian. We do really appreciate the support there, though. But um, Yes, we love we have, The Guardian here. Yes, um, and, but we do have an American super fan yeah in jonathan abrams so you had a chat to that's right so we us british super fans we made a podcast about the wire and american super fans they write the book on the wire <laughs> yeah we <we're laughs> we were gonna write a book but it's just it's just so time to do yes it takes a long time you have to like put pen to paper typewriter you know i've seen the wire that's what they do the guy we're talking to is called Jonathan Abrams. Um, he's written a book called All the Pieces Matter, The Inside Story of the Wire. You've actually heard his voice a few times in some earlier episodes. He's got some real insight. And the book is awesome, isn't it, isn't it Dave? Yeah, I mean, we've been lucky enough to get a sneak preview of it. Uh, and from what I've read, it's just like top notch. I mean, obviously, we're, we're going to like it anyway, because it's about the show that we're doing a podcast on. Kind of predisposed, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I would imagine that if you're listening to this, you probably like the wire too so uh, i think you're going to enjoy this book yeah absolutely um should we stop harping on and lead into the conversation with jonathan yes let's hear what he has to say cool i'll oh, see you guys on the other side when you walk through the garden you gotta watch your back well i beg your pardon walk the straight and narrow track when you walk with jesus gonna save your soul just gotta keep the devil way down in the hole he got the fire and the fury okay well jonathan abrams thank you so much for joining us uh, again 
Uh, to those listening, you've, you've heard his voice in previous episodes of the show talking about the, the people and themes and characters and cast in the show The Wire, mainly season one. He is the authority on The Wire after writing the book All the Pieces Matter. Uh, Jonathan, you want to tell us a bit about the book? Yeah, so I spent a couple of years working on it, and it's a oral history of the book. So it's it's not a lot of me writing. It's the people who uh, lived through the show, who created the show, who directed the show and acted in the show, taking you through it in their voices and giving you their own experience from the origin of it to the the legacy and the afterlife of it. Um, why did you decide to write the book, Jonathan? I genuinely wish I could take credit for it because I've been a huge wire person for a long time, but it was actually my literary agent's idea. He said, Hey, I know that you love this show. There's never been an in-depth oral history written on it. Why don't we see if we can put one together? And immediately, you know, I was interested. It's just, you know, one of those ideas that hits you and then you just want to go immediately. Mm -hmm. And so we, uh, we contacted David Simon and asked if uh, if he would be on board with me doing this. And I remember I wrote like a long impassioned email about why I would want to do it and how much the show meant to me. And I think his reply was like, oh, I can't stop you from doing anything. Who cares? <laughs> or something, something like that. <laughs> and that to me was like the, the greenest light that I could ever have. Because if he would have said no, you know, from the get go, if I would have gotten in touch with you know, other people and, and been able to say that David Simon isn't aware of it or he's not along with it, then, you know, the whole idea would have been did on arrival. But the fact that he, you know, kind of gave his permission, I guess. Uh, his endorsement. Yeah, yeah, that went a long way. Well, he does feature quite heavily in the book. So um, we'll get to, I guess, the ins and outs of the book shortly. But you said you're a literary agent. So can you give us a bit of a background about yourself? Yeah, so um, I'm... I'm a basketball journalist. I cover the NBA. I've been covering the NBA for years, but um, I, I've written for the New York Times and the Los Angeles Times over in the States. And I, I've done a, a little bit of Metro at the beginning of my career, which was covering uh, kind of cops and crimes. And, you know, my interests have always expanded beyond sports. So uh, stuff in the wire just, just spoke a lot to me. I'm, you know, I'm African-American, 34-year-old man. So this stuff really, really spoke to me. The book is kind of a, as you say, it's, it's an oral history of The Wire. Um, and what that means is, as the book's written out, you've spoken to different people asking about how they put certain parts of the show together. Why did you choose that route? I just think it would be more beneficially told uh, by the people who lived through it, having their voice as the vehicle driving the story. And, you know, you transition from hearing straight from David Simon to hearing from Ed Burns to hearing from Michael K. Williams, who played Omar. I mean, I'm I'm featured in the transition parts where I kind of have to make the jumps from, say, talking about season one at the beginning of one chapter to talking about season two at the beginning of another chapter. But I just really want it to flow between the voices and have the voices almost being like a campfire and you're sitting around and these you know, great minds are telling you this amazing story you know the the part that you're speaking about having the different opinions on on the same event i think is the great appeal of an oral history because i think we all think that or a lot of people think that they see the the world and, and experience the world in the same way as everybody else when in reality it could be a completely different experience even though you're seeing the same thing 
yeah, what was it like getting in contact with the a lot of the a lot of the cast? Were there any differences? Was you know Idris Elba harder to get in contact with than uh, than Dominic West, for example? Yeah, I mean, some of the some of the people were harder, and some of them were easier. It was funny to me because you know, even some of the people who weren't even that well known, like everybody in Hollywood or every actor has like five or six publicists. Like, so going through <laughs> the layers of, of publicists was was interesting. But it would be like, okay, I have Michael K. Williams and Idris Elba already in line, so doesn't Wendell Pierce want to talk to this and, and add to this? And he doesn't want to mm. be left out of this, does he? So once it became a snowball effect, it kind of rolled downhill from there. But but you read the book, okay? Right, Kobe? Yeah. So there's, yeah, yeah, definitely. There's two people who I wanted to get, but no matter what I did, I couldn't get them. I want to see if you can guess who they are. Uh, Weebay is someone that strikes out to me. Yep. And I can't think of the... Can't think of the other person. That was a good call. Um, who was the other person then? The other one was Clark Johnson. Uh, so he played Gus. Oh yeah, he played Gus Haynes in season five. But yeah. almost more importantly to the story that I wanted to tell, he also directed the first two episodes, and I believe it was the last two episodes of the show. Oh shit! I, that's a great point actually, because I recognize his name as the. I hadn't put it together. He was he was the director as well. Um, I love Gus's um, story. And he would have provided a lot of different nuances, I guess, that you wouldn't have, um, that were unique to him. Yeah. So those, those were the two who, uh, who I couldn't get no matter what I did. And I think even at one point I asked David Simon to help me get in touch with, with, uh, Clark Johnson, but I just yeah. do it. But out of, you know, that's out of like hundreds of people that I talked with for this. So I'm pretty satisfied with the collection. That's that a I very good hit rate. And I guess, obviously, one person you couldn't get on was would have been um, Robert Chu, Prop Joe. Yeah, I mean, he obviously would have been great, and a lot of people talked about his impact and influence on him, but he passed away, and he was such a great, great actor. But, you know, even behind the scenes, he played an even more important role as far as helping the kids in season four. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um what kind of stories do you um, surprise you most that you uncovered? Don't obviously don't give away too much of your book. We want people to to read it. But uh, are there any stories that kind of strike you as a oh shit? I didn't realize that was I didn't expect that to come out of this. I mean, I think it was something. Well, first of all, just a, a lot of the book surprised me. I, I mean, I thought I knew a lot about the wire heading into it, but a, a lot of what I learned surprised me, and I think. One of the biggest things that I knew to a degree but perhaps didn't fully appreciate was how much meticulousness went into every single line of dialogue and every single scene and how much of it sprang out of real life, how all these characters were based on real life figures, even somebody yeah. you don't believe like Omar, how he was sourced from real life people that Ed Burns and David Simon had come across in their careers as a journalist and policeman. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I love also how um, 
some the same inspiration can be uh, the same person can be the inspiration for multiple characters. So Ed Burns is the inspiration for McNulty uh, in some cases, in some parts, but also he's the inspiration for Press Belusky in season four, where's the, where he's the teacher. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting point to pull too. Um, but take, <laughs> it was funny because Ed Burns said like some of his uh, like some of the inclinations to go up against the higher police chain off of McNulty was definitely him. But he was like uh, a lot of the home stuff that was more David Simon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in your in your book, quite early on, it's David Simon says no, there's not there's no one for one uh, representation, but there are. Uh, amalgamations of people into into one character, but ultimately, the actors themselves made their characters their own. One one really funny thing that I, I didn't realize was that um, I knew that Jay Landsman, the the police officer, uh, comes into it as season three is playing uh, detective. Or he plays uh, Dennis Mello in season three. Obviously, there's a Jay Landsman played by um, Del- uh, Delancey Williams, isn't it? Delaney, Delaney Williams. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that the real Jay, Jay Landman actually auditioned for his own namesake role and didn't get didn't get accepted. Yeah, I think David Simon had great uh, great pleasure in telling Jay Landsman that he didn't land the role of Jay Landsman. <laughs> it's like this is me. This is my name. Like, surely I'm I'm the best person to play this role. Um, one thing, yeah. I mean, talking about the the revelations from from your book, um, I'm I'm sticking to early on in the book, so I don't want, obviously want people to get reeled in a bit, but the, when Cast and Creed talk about how important and pivotal scenes really affected them was quite a surprise to me. And the, in, in season one, the biggest scene is um, with Wallace getting shot and everyone, and the stories being that everyone on set was properly distraught by it. People openly crying on the set during that scene, even though everyone knew it was a fake thing, but because the way the, the show had been put together, the way there was a lot of respect for Wallace, the way that, you know, he was a young kid and this is really what is happening and how he's representing kids of his age on the streets all had a massive effect and to the extent that people were crying. Were, were you surprised by those kind of insights and stories? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. You know, I think at that time, Michael B. Jordan was just coming into his own in that role. And then it was kind of taken out from under him uh, very, very suddenly and quickly. And you had people arguing with David Simon that that Wallace shouldn't die. And and David Simon's whole argument was this is exactly why he should die, because people care about him. And if you think about television at that time, I mean, television just didn't kill off characters that people cared about. You know, it was it was not real life. Television is happy-go-lucky, and, and, and you know, you, if a character is resonating with its audience, you don't just kill it off. So this was all new, not just for the actors and the people involved, but for, for the people who are watching the show at home as well. Yeah, I think it's one thing that... Um, it's a HBO thing. The HBO kind of pioneered this thing, haven't they? Because um, they do kill off characters in Sopranos, for example, and Oz lost characters... Uh, but apart from those three shows, it's, it's taken a while before, you know, I, I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones, uh, Jonathan. I do. Yeah. So Game of Thrones is obviously, it's notorious now as the, as the TV show that does this, but we, you know, people who watched the wire before watching Game of Thrones were like, nah, man, this is not, this is not the first time this happens. Um, so this is kind of testament to how the wire and HBO have affected or, um, 
advise how TV shows can be made going forward, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think so many shows took their took their cues off of the wire. Um, yeah. Shows that came afterwards, and I do think a, a, a show even like Game of Thrones is a beneficiary of what the wire accomplished. Um, what one of the stories, uh, one of the characters in the in your book, uh, not characters, one of the people in your book, which you don't hear about much, but is intrinsic to the show, was the uh, cinematographer DOP Uta. I, I don't want to say her last name because I, I'm sure I'll mess it up. But can you get, explain her role in how the wire looks and um, played out in the end? Yeah, I mean, she argued early on in working with conjunction with uh, Bob Colesbury that uh, that the show should be start that the show should be shot the same way on the street as it is in the courtroom, as it is in the police headquarters, so that the show didn't change as you move from, say, one area that's considered more gritty than another, that the show should have the same structure. So she was instrumental in kind of the feel and how the show looked going forward. Uh, she she was there for the first three seasons, if I'm recalling correctly, mm. and made her imprint on the show. And yeah, she's uh, who we owe the kind of documentary feel and style look uh, of the of the show to, and makes it feel all the more real, I guess, to people. It's not just a TV show in in looks and feel. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. What do you think it is? I mean, it's, it's fifteen years since the show finished. Um, we've started a podcast about it, which is doing pretty well. You've got this new book about out, which people I know are excited about. What is it about the wire? that has this lasting endurance, do you think? I mean, I think it's, I think it's a timeless work of art because it's going to talk about concepts that are going to be relevant forever. You know, you talk about these institutions, whether it's political or police or the school system and the ways in which they either help or fail individuals and in, in how they work. I think that was the big thing about The Wire is it showed how things worked and, and more often it showed how things didn't work, how there were breakdowns among command or how the, the school system isn't really helping all the children it should or how politics aren't living up to how they should. It, it just it just showed how things did not work. It took this huge, huge issue, this huge, huge problem, and it was entertaining, it was informative, mm. and it just it showed you. I think one of the things George Pelicanos told me was that he was so proud of season four was because all his life he had heard people say, well, why can't a, a black person just pull himself from up out his bootstraps and, you know, go to school and do well? Well, if you look at, you know, a show like The Wire, and even though I know it's a fictional show, but so much of it is based off of nonfiction, off of people that David and Ed knew. If you look at those kids, I mean, Michael can't go to school because if he goes to school, his brother doesn't eat because his mom is strung off of heroin and his you know, stepdad is there and is, is a you know, child abuser. So it's not, yeah. not real for him to just, you know, go to school and try to get his education and be, be normal. He has to feed his brother. He has to try to make a path for himself in a world that's the possibilities are already closing for him. And he's not even in high school. I mean, Duke, he can't even keep himself clean or Duke. Exactly. Or, or, you know, a kid like Randy has this happy-go-lucky attitude and he's selling candy in school, but for reasons largely outside of his control, he becomes branded a, a snitch and his life is forever altered and you see that smile go out. I mean, it's just, 
the, the wire is a, is a fictional show, but so much of it is sprang out of real life. And there's no doubt that there's, you know, real life people out there today, you know, back then it, it touched on Michael and, and Randy and, and Naaman and those type of kids. And every single year there's those type of kids cycling through the school system or, or the type of police command that we saw in the wire or, you know, the type of mirrors that we saw in the wire. It's so much real life you can gain out of a fictional show that it's amazing. And I really do think that it's a timeless piece of art. Yeah. Have you got a favorite season? I do. I mean, I'm, you know, going to be in the majority and go with season four just because it showed you kind of how the school system couldn't get to all these kids and how school, how these kids kind of go their disparate ways at the beginning of the season. They're four really happy go lucky kids. And for the most part, and by the, by the end of that season, they're just frayed apart by things that are outside of their control. Mm. Yeah. It's a heartbreaking season. Uh, we haven't got up to it yet, but there's a lot of people who are waiting. They want to talk to us when we get to season four for, for the podcast. So it's going to be uh, an emotional roller coaster when we get to that one. Um, Jonathan, so I guess we want to know in the UK, we can get it on Amazon uh, and, and have it delivered to us. I'm not sure it's going to be in the bookshops, but can you tell people in the States where they can get your book? Yeah, it'll be at wherever books are sold um, in the States. It'll be, uh, we actually just uh, just got a deal with the British publisher, so you should be able to get it in stores, hopefully in the UK as well. And it'll be on. Okay. If uh, a physical book isn't your thing, you can get it on Kindle. You can get uh, yep. you can get it on Audible. Uh, if you go out there, you can find it. <laughs> who's who's doing the audio for the Audible? So I'm actually on it, and uh, they hired a couple of uh, voice actors to do the actors' voices. We we thought about asking one of the one of the uh, actors from The Wire to do it, but we thought it would be weird if, say, Andre Royo is reading Bubble's part and then also reading somebody else's part. So we just yeah, hired Kima and then reading like Dookie's yeah. as well. So we hired a, a uh, couple voice actors to, to go through it, but I'm doing all the, the narration parts. That's really cool because I like, yeah, I love audiobooks and many times I've read the book and then listened to the audio because you get some different intonations and inflictions that you wouldn't. Um, you don't get when you read it in your own voice, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they. Uh, <laughs> it was a long day. <laughs> it was a long day. <laughs> uh, and we should say, as as this episode goes out, we are running a competition to give away uh, a few copies of your book. Um, and they will be signed by yourself as well. They are signed by you. Um, so the way to to get the signed version of all the pieces matter. The true story of the why is that? How you say it? Is that the full title? Sorry, Jonathan. It's all the pieces matter. The inside story of the why. The inside story of the why. I apologize, guys. Um, just head to our Twitter page, and there's a few ways there to get a signed copy of the book. Um, is there anything else you want to sign off with, uh, Jonathan? No, I appreciate it. Am I the first uh, recurring guest on this podcast? Um, you are the first recurring guest, absolutely, and we'll hopefully get you back for future seasons if you if you're interested. All right, I take a great honor in that. <laughs> um, also, you should. I've seen you on the Reddit um, forward slash the Wire um, subreddit, so we'll connect there as well. Uh, and also, I want to big up the. There's a Facebook group called the Wire. It's all in the game, y'all. I recommend everyone listening and to yourself, Jonathan, to go there as well because you have some you have some 
cast members who are there. You have Jim Trufost, Frost, Corey Parker Robinson's there, uh, Little Man Savino. There's a fair few people who uh, in the cast and the crew that are on that on that Facebook group. So I recommend you go there and you know let them know about the book coming out. Sounds good. I appreciate it, Kobe. Uh, thank you so much for your time uh, once again, Jonathan, and hopefully speak to you when we get to uh, a subsequent season. All right, man. Best of luck. I appreciate it. Catch you later. Right, take care. Well, thanks to Jonathan for taking the time to speak to us about his new book. Um, as you hear this episode, his book is out. So his book is out right now. So guys, head to Amazon or anywhere else you can get books. I believe there's still bookstores. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've, I saw one recently enough. I don't remember. Oh, wait, no, that was a website. Um, <laughs> you can get it on websites as well, though. Um, and we will be back next week uh, and business as usual. Normal episode, we'll be watching The Wire again. In the meantime, you can chat to us on Facebook or Twitter. We're at The Wire Stripped. Yep, and a super special reason to come to our, our Twitter page is that we're actually giving away five copies of the book, All the Pieces Matter. These are signed by Jonathan Abrams. So head to our Twitter page. I'll, re- I'll say again, at The Wire Stripped. Um, and find out how you can win a copy. Yeah, best of luck, guys. Yes, good luck. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see you all shortly. See you later. Bye. Bye.